0: The SBI podcast, and this is part one of our 2013 MLS season preview. I am Garrett Cleverly. On the other side of the country is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, man? Hey, Garrett, how's it going? It's going well, man. The, the weather in Arizona is back to normal, back to uh, you know 75, and, and sunburns on my face. So, I mean, the, the world is the world is correct.
1: Nice, so so you've put away the scarf and the hat and the boots?
0: yes, they're they are finally gone. It's I know, I know everyone's laughing. it's it's fifty and I have a scarf and you know and a beanie on and everything. But yeah, I'm back to t-shirt and shorts, and uh, i'm I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I was just kidding about that, so you actually had that stuff. oh yeah, i'm
0: a, I'm a big baby man. i'm I'm the worst. I mean, I'll go snowboarding until you know, you get to the mountains and around like eight, nine ish, and then about like two, three o'clock i'm I'm so cold I'm done. I'm done I check out.
1: <laughs> I picture in, in, in. I picture in one of those like one piece winter suits. No no, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. Yeah. Ivis, as the true hipster that I am, I have some you know old retro thing going. Nice, you gotta, you gotta, we We got to put some pictures up on the website. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but Ivis, as we said. Uh, this is going to be part 1 of our 2013 MLS season preview. We're going to preview the Western Conference today, but before we get into the Western Conference, some uh some wonderful news happened uh for the US Men's National Team U20, they defeated Canada 4 to 2. Uh they move on to the next stage and, and this is pretty big time, Ivis.
1: Uh absolutely. I mean, for one, it, it snaps a a recent a recent mini streak of uh U.S. youth teams not qualifying for big tournaments. Uh, You know, obviously the U-20s in 2011 uh, failed to qualify. And then last year, as we all remember, the uh, U-23 team failed to qualify for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of tension there in the U.S. fan base coming into this game against Canada. Because, you know, losing this, I mean, aside from the fact it'd be a third tournament, You'd also be losing to Canada, and and as we all know, Canadian fans don't mind bragging or talking trash when it comes to the U.S.
0: No, and and that's exactly right. And and when you look at the game, uh, things started off a little slow for the U.S. men's national team, uh, and then out of nowhere, uh, Canada scored that goal in the 24th minute. And uh, I mean, Ivis right there. I mean, it almost looked like it was panic time.
1: Well, I mean, I think on the field, I'm not sure it was panic time. I think definitely amongst U.S. fans, there it was there there was some. Little sense of concern, but I mean, if you looked at the game at that up to that point, the U.S. had had the bulk of the possession, and then Canada just, you know, had a great moment of of, of skill from from their player with the with the long range shot, Carrero. Uh, and that really boosted Canada. But at the same time. It allowed the U.S. to show that, mm. the, that as a team, they, they have some, some heart and some toughness, and they, they shook it off and came right back.
0: Well, enter the, uh, the, the top four for the U.S. men's national team, the, the grouping of uh, Gilles, Villarreal, Rodriguez, and Cuevas. I mean, they took the game over, especially talking with Cuevas uh, on that left wing right there where he dribbled the ball in and passed it in, and Jill uh, took advantage of that and scored that goal. And then after that, Ivis, I mean, you could just sense the momentum switch for this team.
1: Well, then that quartet really worked well—the quartet of, of Villarreal, Luis Gill from Real Salt Lake, uh, Daniel Cuevas, and, uh, and and Mario Rodriguez. It just, you know, it, it came. It was pretty clear today that, you know, the head coach Todd Ramos wanted that foursome to go at Canada, and he wanted to keep some defensive stability. And 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 he it seemed like he dropped ben, Benji Hoya back a bit. Mikey Lopez was suspended, so they mm. they didn't have that second defensive-minded midfielder to work next to Will Trap. Hoya kind of fill that role, uh, but that was enough. Even just with the four attackers really getting involved, the, the, you know, they were enough. They caused enough problems, and and Cuevas was back to his, his his terrorizing defenders uh, on the left wing, and real. Yeah. you have to if you're an LA Galaxy fan you have to be really excited by what you saw i mean the, the, the poise uh the quality in the final third that he showed uh today was was, was impressive and, and you just wonder what kind of role he's going to have on that on that well, Galaxy team when he goes back to LA
0: well you wonder that too cuz cuz there's a part of the game when, when he scored his goal uh he was playing on the right side and and, and he looked very good in that right side position ivis Right. Well, I
1: mean, he can play anywhere in the attack, really. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get his share of minutes uh, in LA. And then Luis Gill, uh, if you're an RSL fan, yeah, you do, I think you liked what you saw from him. He's he's someone who, with Will Johnson moving on to Portland, you know, he's his his minutes are going to step up. Uh, I know they have a, a rookie, John Sturzer, who's been impressing in the preseason, but I, I'd say Luis Gill for me is someone who's one of the leading candidates to have a breakout year. And then Cuevas, I mean, I tell you what, Santos Laguna. Yeah. You have to be excited for for his future and what he brings. You know, I know some people say, "Oh, he looks a little short," but listen, the guy has wheels. He's he's he is slow to the ground, but but he's you know he's strong. He's strong and he gets down up and down the wing. And I know some people look at him and say, "Man, I wish we had a senior not a senior player." A uh, player on the oh. U.S. senior team who could bring what he brings. Uh, but, you and, know, and it he, begins. He's, he's, he's still a little young, so I, I don't think anyone should be uh, asking Jurgen to call him up just yet.
0: Well, I can only imagine what the, the people say about Messi being too short if they're talking about Cuevas being as short as that. But I think the most important thing, though, with this victory is, one, we beat Canada, which is slowly becoming a rival, Ivis. But two, the U.S. has now officially qualified for that World Cup, which that was the goal.
1: Uh, right, without question, and, and it, it's big. It's it not only is it big for to have the U.S. Uh, represented in that tournament, but it's the experience that the young players get in that kind of competition. Uh, when, when you talk about competing in a World Cup, even even though it's just a, even though it's a youth tournament, it's still an important experience for these players to get as they move up up the line. When you talk about the U 20s the Olympics, and and then eventually the senior team. So you know the last few the last few tournaments, obviously in twenty eleven. That team, you know, they missed out because they, you know they didn't qualify in, in 2011 for the World Cup, and and I think it it, it hurt that group uh, a year later when you're talking about Olympic qualifying. So now this group is off to a good start. You, you have to like what you saw in the attack. There are there there are still some question marks. Uh, there's a cause for concern in the defense. That you know the the group that was in this tournament didn't exactly uh, you know instill a ton of confidence. But I think people need to realize that there were players missing. There are players in the mix to to be there at the under twenty World Cup. When you talk about a player like Walker Zimmerman, who would have been on this team starting and probably would have been the captain of this team, the FC Dallas draft pick, he'll you know you you hope he's healthy and ready to go this summer. And then John Anthony Brooks, the uh, Hertha Berlin center back, who every, you know a lot of people are raving about. You know he's a big kid. He's six seven a uh, good center back who's playing regularly for for the top team in in the in Bundesliga 2 right now. So when you talk about a center back pairing like that, all of a sudden you, you, you ask yourself, you know, between that and the, the attacking quartet that they have, I mean, you know, who knows how, how well the U.S. could do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is going to be big time for the U.S. going into that. It's going to give guys extra minutes, and, you know, I can only imagine the calls that people are going to start to have for Cuevas, Cuevas for that senior team. Uh, but another player, Ivis, that, that could... Be hearing his name. I don't know how soon, but it could be soon. And that is Stuart Holden, who uh, played his first league game today in nearly two years. Think about this. The last time he played a league game was on March 19, 2011, against Manchester United. I this is fabulous news for him to see him in, in actual league play.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I tell you, this last few weeks, you know, for anyone kind of following his his progression uh, was a little nerve wracking because, you know, you you heard a couple weeks ago that he was close to ready and then, you know, he dressed for a game, but he didn't get on the field. And then all of of a sudden he wasn't dressing again. So you kind of actually said, what is going on here? he going to get the plays. He not going to get to play. So going in, going into today's match, uh, um, Tuesday's match, Bolton against against Peterborough, he really didn't know if he'd play. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, Mark Davies gets injured for them in the, I believe it was the 24th minute. And uh, and so Holden came in early in that game and actually played quite a bit for his first appearance. I mean, when you talk about someone playing, uh, you know, 66 minutes uh, about, I mean, for him to play to play that heavy a load is a great start for him. Uh, based on what what I read coming out of Bolton, it sounded like, you know, he, he obviously had some rust. Which you would expect for someone who hadn't played in almost two years, uh, but it's a it's a great first step. And and if he you know if he gets a chance to play more, uh, if he can keep build on this and keep it going, who know who knows how quickly he can kind of regain his form. Uh, I know some people are going to want to say, hey, let's get him on national team, but again, but again, people have to be patient. Yeah, no one should even dare think about next month's qualifiers. I think with Holden, you want to think about the, the summer. You want to think about the June qualifiers, potentially the Gold Cup. Definitely, you know, if he stays healthy and everything goes well, knock on wood, he has no setbacks uh, and, you know, he, and he avoids any other ugly, ta- ugly challenges. He seems like a magnet for them uh, through the years, but it's a positive first step. And uh, and I'll tell you what an interesting aspect of it was he played on the right in a what was a, was a diamond <laughs> midfield four uh, four two diamond and guess what the U S could use a player on the right that, so that so that and for me I mean that's not a, exactly a new thing I mean he's played there before his early experiences with the U S national team were on the right wing um, wait, so look, I think I think he, that's where he could end up playing when he's healthy
0: look look at you look at you stirring up the pot right here. No, that's a fact.
1: I mean, I, I don't no when he actually I'm... was healthy and could play for the U.S. team. I mean, I can I can take you back to the 2009 qualifier in Azteca when he came off the bench and provided some good service on the right wing. I mean, the guy can play there. Obviously, you know, based on his success in the Premier League and Central Midfield, people want to see him there. I know a lot of people want to see uh, a Michael Bradley-Stewart-Holden partnership but at the same time, there just aren't many options on the right wing. And when you can put him on the right and you can, and you can keep Bradley and Jones together, which I think Jurgen Klinsmann wants to do, then you can kind of see a lineup forming. But again, we have to be patient and not rush into just projecting him into the starting lineup. He's got to get some games under his belt. He's got to regain the full confidence physically and, 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 and the confidence to get into the same challenges and to play the way that he's always played because he's a fearless player. And it's and that's what you lo- people love about him, and at the same time, that's what you worry about because he is so fearless. He will go into any challenge, and that puts him in some dangerous positions, and where you know he can get hurt. So you want to see how this long layoff affects his game and if he's going to be able to get back to being the player he was before the injury.
0: Well, it's good to, one, just see him back to overcome this. It's been a very long journey for him, and if anyone's been following it for the last two years, they, they know how difficult uh, it has been for him. And, you know, Ivis, you know, you know, I are going to want to wish him the best of luck going forward, and, you know, we'd love to see him uh, wearing a U.S. men's national team jersey again in the future. But as we said earlier in the show, today is our Western Conference 2013 MLS preview show. Ivis, I'm excited for this. Well, can
1: you? I mean, I can't even believe that we're what Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're four days away from the kickoff of the 2013 season. It's crazy. It Wh- just seems like just yesterday. Where was the off season? I know. Well, it just seems like yesterday that I was you know wiping the champagne off my sneakers at Home Depot Center Don't in the LA Galaxy locker room. Look at look at you. Look at you. Hey, at least I didn't. At least I explained the champagne was not my own champagne. It was the champagne in the locker room that actually that David Beckham and his kids were spraying around really i he, he,
0: he i and i'd, I'd experienced like that once it wasn't soccer but it was baseball wise when i went to the locker room and the D-backs won their uh division championship and it, it's kind of nuts just to see what goes on in there cuz the tv cameras really don't get what go, what goes on in there
1: Oh, I know it's crazy. I mean, you have guys just running around doing. I mean, I can still remember yeah. the own uh, was it? I think it was the O eight MLS Cup Final. Uh, Chad Marshall uh, for the Columbus Crew doing naked cartwheels in the in the locker room <laughs> in, in celebration. I mean, there's some things that you don't want to see and you'd rather unsee. But it, you know, it's just great to 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 see the just the joy that these guys have for for accomplishing a goal and and even for a team like LA who had, who had won it the year before. You know, for everything that they went through. We were talk about the injury to Omar Gonzalez, the terrible start to the season, uh, you know, to overcome all that and then to, to, to reach the goal and win it all. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, pull off the three-peat.
0: Well, that quest begins uh, on Saturday, but Ivis, we got to do our, our Western Conference preview. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through every single team and we're going to do it in the order that Ivis believes the team will finish in. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, before we even get into the teams, I do want to preface our preview by pointing out that uh, in the West, you have, uh, I, I, in my opinion, you have a logjam of about four teams, four to five teams who, who you know, they're all pretty close to each other, they're all pretty similar. They could finish in any order. Uh, you know, I put out our uh, the SBI um, the power rankings, uh, the, the inaugural ones for the new season, and already I'm hearing it from, you know, fans of certain teams that are ranked lower than people expect or ranked higher. Uh, and listen, it, it's no offense. I don't hate your team. It, it, it's just... You know, in, in, someone has to finish lower in the standings. Someone has to finish higher in the standings. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and assume that they're gonna, the the picks are going to be right or wrong. Last year, I I got one pick completely wrong in San Jose Earthquakes, which most people got wrong. But at the same time, I also got one right. I picked the Colorado Rapids to be a team that really just wouldn't get it done and would, would kind of fall to earth and and not make the playoffs. And, and and there they were. They they you know they were out of the mix and and they had a really rough year. So. Uh, it, it's going to be like that this year. There's going to be a team that, you know, emerges and surprises and, and, and really puts it all together. Uh, I have a team that I think could be that team this year. But any one of these teams it with the right moves, uh, because, again, the transfer window is open still and there's the summer with the right moves. I think there's, you know, anyone, almost any team in the West can make the playoffs, except for maybe
0: the first team we're going to talk about, which is Chivas USA. And Ivis, like you said, your first team is Chivas USA. What's your skinny on them going into the season? Well as we all know,
1: there was a major transformation in at Chivas USA after the nightmare season, everyone expected it to happen that way. They have a new coach in charge, El Chelis, one of the you know the bigger personalities, one of the new personalities in MLS. And what he's done is really transformed his squad and his roster. And, and it definitely has a, a, a Latin American, specifically Mexican American slash Mexican influence. And it's funny that now you're starting to hear Chelly's kind of come out and, and, and suggest that mm-hmm. that really wasn't the specific plan. It's just worked out that way. Oh, I think That's strange. Yeah, it's a little convenient now. I think they're starting to get, they're, they're, you know, apparently someone made a phone call and, and now they're <laughs> changing their tune a bit. But it is what it is. They have the team that they have and, you you know they're unbeaten in the preseason, but it should be noted that you know as far as I can remember they played one MLS team. They played the Colorado Rapids in Vegas. They beat them three uh, nil. But you know the rest of the preseason was a lot of uh, weaker competition. So so you want to see you wonder how they're going to do. And what's really interesting is that you know you knew at some point that they would bring in some reinforcements from Mexico to come in and help them out. And they've done that now with uh, with three additions, three signings, including the forward Giovanni Casillas who who it who seems to be a promising forward for them. So, you know, for me I think they're going to be an attacking team that scores goals, but I don't know if their defense is necessarily going to be all that much better from last year's nightmare defense.
0: Well, when you talk about the team bringing in players, they they brought in, you know, right, those those three players uh, from Guadalajara on loan, but when you look at the team, what is the possibility that Jonathan Borenstein comes back to this team at some point?
1: Well, you know, I, it, it's interesting because it, supposedly they got the rights uh, to Bornstein in a trade, but now I've read that he came out and said uh, that Chelly said that no, that they don't have plans for Bornstein, they don't plan to bring him. Uh, so it doesn't seem like he is in their plans. So if he's not in their plans, I don't. I mean, I don't know wh- where they're going uh, to go to go get uh, you know reliable defenders because uh, right now, I mean, the, you know, there's not much there uh, to really build on. I mean, you know, obviously they got rid of Dan Caliph. Uh, they got rid of James Riley, so you know what there 's not a lot left there, so uh, that being said, you know it seems like they 've done pretty well defensively in the, in the in the so far in the offseason in in spring training anyway, in training camp games but uh, once the once the real ammo starts flying in its mls season uh, i don't i don 't know what, i don 't know how they 're going to stop people uh, other than Dan Kennedy, who obviously yeah. can 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 win some games and sit and tie some games on his own, but you know as we saw last year, that only lasts you so long. If you just take on too many shots, you, you take on too much uh, from opposing teams. It's it's just impossible. You can't ask a goalkeeper to do so much. So I have a feeling we're going to see the lot. It's going to be more of the same on that side of the ball, but I do think they're going to be a, a better attacking team and a more fun attacking team to watch.
0: Yeah, and, and you're right, Ivis. I mean, they are going to be the big-time mister team. It's going to be interesting to see what team shows up this season. Uh, but that's Chivas USA. They are Ivis, you have picked them to finish 8th in the Western Conference. The next team we have on the list is, I was kind of surprised by this, is FC Dallas at 7. A big move with Breck Shea going over to Europe, but they brought in Kenny Cooper. What's your outlook for them on the season, Ivis?
1: Well, here you go. This is as a perfect example. I mean, here's the team that I could honestly see finish as high as 4th or where I have them, which is 8th in the West. And, and and its I think that's a testament to what the teams have done in the offseason in the West. Uh, so much uh, more so than a knock on Dallas I mean I still think there are some question marks there uh, You know you lo- you lose a player Like Breck Shea but also I think the player That you know it's a real loss For them is Julian de Guzman who was a key To their turnaround in the second half Of last season I mean he was just a rock In the midfield he gave them a real Presence and you know I, you know now that he's Moved on to Europe uh, they really Haven't replaced him. they really haven't You know brought in people who you can look At point to and say okay these guys are going to get the job Done you know, the, you're, you're talking about guys like Andrew Jacobson and Bobby Warshaw, who have been kind of pegged as the guys who could see playing time in the middle. You know, I, I like Jacobson as a player. Uh, you know, he brings some some nice things to the to the table, but I, I don't know if you, I don't think either of those guys, you can you can point to them and say that they're going to be able to fill that void in the middle. So I think that's a big issue. Um, and I also think, you know, in the back, you, you wonder how things are going to shape up there. I know George John has signed a new deal, he's back. Matt Hedges, who I thought was a great rookie for them, is back. You want to see how that partnership works together. It could be a dominant center back You know, For me, it could be. But again, George John didn't have the best year last year, the best second half. You want to see how he responds and and, and if he gets back to that form that that made him such a a hot commodity a year ago. Uh, But you know what? Their attack, I think, could be very good. I mean, you have David Ferreira from the start of the year. Uh, you have Fabian Castillo, who who sounds like he's he's really on fire in the offseason, and he's, he look, he's looking like he could have a good year. I think they're, again, kind of like Chivas. I think they're going to score goals. I don't think they're anywhere near as bad defensively as Chivas, but I think they're going to score goals. Uh, and then you talk about the goalkeeper position. I mean, they let Kevin Hartman go, and you know they brought in the, the a Peruvian goalkeeper to challenge Chris Seitz. Uh, and and you you wonder you know did they upgrade there or did they downgrade there? I mean I thought Kevin Hartman was one of their best players last year, and I was really surprised that they let him go. So you know you want to see you wonder how their goalkeepers are going to mesh. Is Sites going to win the job? Uh, how 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 is their goalkeeper going to mix with the defense there? So I think if if they figure that out, if the defense is solid, I think I think they'll be finishing higher than eighth. But I have question marks about that in midfield. Midfield is so important in MLS. If you don't have the solid guys in the middle to get the job done, it's 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 a struggle. And I mean, you look at Portland, the Portland Timbers last year. They didn't have that. That, that, you know, steel in the middle, that quality in the middle, and, and that's why they were so bad last year.
0: Well, when you talk about that quality in the middle right there, with Breck Shea leaving, they're, they're going to have that huge void now on the left wing, uh, but if Ferreira can play at the, the level that that he's been accustomed to, the high level, I mean, they could have a very good midfield, but when you, when you look at a team like FC Dallas, I mean, they're going to have to probably rely on a guy having a breakout season this year to, to carry them to that fourth-place position. Do you expect any players on this team to have breakout seasons? Well, I think... Uh, Castillo could be that
1: player. I mean, I think Ferreira is going to do what he does. He's still he's, he's a great player. He's one of the best playmakers in the league. And I think the the additions of Kenny Cooper and Eric Hasley could uh, could mean more a lot more goals. Uh, but at the same time, I know people are looking at the Kenny Cooper acquisition and, and, and his 18 goals last year for New York and say, oh, you know, he's going to score 20 goals. He's going to play with Ferreira And you know, I don't. I, I'll tell you what, it, Kenny Cooper is going to be hard pressed to come close to that total uh next year this year I, I just don't see it i mean i could see him definitely being like a 10 to 12 goal scorer uh hasley's you know he's a strange one you know because the talent's there but he's a bit of an enigma he's saying all the right things now that he's in dallas about how he loves it there his wife loves it there they bought a ranch they have horses now so he's he's kind of talking this whole new leaf uh idea and how he's you know motivated to kind of you know maybe prove the, the the canadian teams that let him go that they made a mistake so i mean Hasley, someone who could have a breakout, and I think Castillo, for me, has always kind of been a player who who hasn't lived up to the expectations and to the talent. Uh But you wonder if he's finally matured enough now to to be that impact player. And I think he's. I think if anyone, he could be that breakout player.
0: And Ivis, that that's FC Dallas. You have them picked to finish. Uh, eighth in the Western Conference, the team that you have finishing seventh is Colorado. Uh, they're going to actually kind of have a, a interesting uh, makeup this year. Edson Buttle is in, Connor Casey is out, and then Papa Masterani who was not even uh, played in two games last year. I mean, he could be uh, he could be. A, I mean, you can't call him a addition, but he almost is an addition because he was gone for all last year. What do you expect out of Colorado this season?
1: Well, I, I think for me, they, I thought they had one of the best off-seasons, uh, one of the better off-seasons. Uh, you know, Paul Bravo did not have a, a, an easy job in, in, in having to kind of break up that 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 group that helped them win MLS Cup. But, you know, they had to do it from a financial standpoint, salary cap standpoint. Uh, you know, they dealt away Jeff Laurentovitz, Omar Cummings, and Connor Casey, the, the, the trio that, that was so, so big for them in the playoffs that year. Uh, but they, they, they managed to not only get rid of those guys and send them to the Eastern Conference, uh, they were able to bring in some some players who should help offset those losses. When you talk about someone like Edson Buttle, uh, who, you know, he, he, he had a down year in L.A., no question, but he's a, someone who ha- also has shown throughout his career in MLS that he can be good, but he can be great. He seems to do it every other year. So since he had a rough year last year, he, you know, he should be due for a good year this year. Uh, I tell you, one of the things I love about what they did this offseason season is is the youth movement in, in in you know bringing in a pair of draft picks, Deshaun Brown, who you know some people look at and, and could see as a kind of a younger version of Omar Cummings and also Dylan Powers who while he's not he is not the player he is not the same kind of player that that Jeff Lorentzwitz is but he he's a skilled central midfielder he's someone who can develop without question uh i think they still have the, i mean even with losing Lorentzwitz as you said having Pablo Mastroeni back is big, but you just wonder what he has left, what level of, at what level will he play, and that's going to be key, I think, because if he's someone who if he can get back to that form, uh, you know, before the concussions were an issue and, and when he was at his top form, you know, their MLS Cup winning season, uh, if he can get back to that, then you, then you can see Colorado making that ju- jump up into being a playoff team. Uh, you have to love their midfield, Martin Rivero, who's hurt now, but you know he sh- he should come back. Jaime Castrion, Henry Thomas. Uh, they have such talent there, uh, and then and then your Arizona boy Tony Cassio, yes, who, sir. I should, uh, who I think should step up. Uh, you know, this year I think he's someone to watch as well. So they have some nice pieces there, and and for me the the young the youth movement with with the two first round picks and also the homegrown player Dylan Serna, the another homegrown player Shane O'Neill, who we saw with the U twenties. He started for the U twenties. Uh, In central defense, uh, you know, even though he's more of a midfielder for for Colorado, uh, they have a great young nucleus. And while I don't have them going to the playoffs this year, uh, I do like the direction that they're taking the roster and and, and they're building long term. And and they're a team that I'd see breaking out next year. Uh, Maybe they'll do it a year early. Maybe they could be San Jose. But I think I think I'd give them another year with this group
0: when when you look at just this year in general i mean it seems like the big time achilles heel for this team is going to be the injury issue and that's if certain guys can return back in health or guys can stay uh, in good health throughout the season i mean do you see this as the one thing that's going to deter them from from finishing higher than than what you expect them to finish at
1: yeah i mean injuries injuries were an issue for them and and already you're talking about you know uh, well, castrion was injured he, he hurt his knee rivero was hurt in preseason. Now Edson Buttle is is taking some knocks, so that that's going to be an issue because you know I don't know if they have the depth because they, you know they have a lot of young talent on their roster, but um, that that it ends up leaving you with a young bench, inexperienced bench, a group of guys that maybe aren't ready to contribute, and that's where I say I think they're a year away from being a very good team when those younger players hopefully have have that m- much more experience, whether in the reserve system or the new usl pro partnership that's gonna you know hopefully allow some guys like dylan serna uh DeSean brown to to, to get uh, important games and to get better games on the on the reserve level so uh, again i still think they're year way because of that but again if everything comes together like san jose last year when you talk about a perfect storm of every signing playing well and no injuries and 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 just it all coming together colorado has some good pieces and they could absolutely end up in the playoffs
0: And Ivis, you have Colorado pegged, finishing seventh in your poll. Moving on to the sixth-place team, you have Vancouver Whitecaps there. They fell off a little bit at the tail end of last season. You kind of wonder what team they're going to be going into this season. What do you expect out of them?
1: Well, they're an interesting one. As we all saw, they got off to such a great start last year. First half of the season, they were one of the surprises of the league. And then they started tinkering with the roster. They brought in Kenny Miller. They brought in Barry Robson. Uh, you know, they sold Davide Chumiento They traded for Dane Richards They 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 sent away Sebastian too. So they started shaking things up And and it totally didn't work I mean, they, they, they went on a long winless streak Toward the end of the season They barely turned it around in time To get into the playoffs uh, and, and it was really just some, For anyone looking at it I don't know how you couldn't call it A completely mismanaged season uh, And now here they are they, This offseason I feel like they've done a really good job mm-hmm. With some of the signings that they have made uh, when you talk about the you know Kobayashi, the Japanese midfielder, uh, Johnny Leverone, the 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 Honduran defender, a, a talented young prospect who, you know, I think is a great buy for MLS. Uh, when you talk about someone you know who, who who impressed at the Olympics, on that Honduran team, and then you talk about Nigerio Coker, you know, a former uh, English Premier League midfielder who who's not you know in his 30s. He's actually in you know he's a younger player. He could probably, you know, he should step in and be an anchor for their midfield. So when you look at all that, you ask yourself, well, why aren't they in the playoffs? Why aren't they going to make the playoffs? Why don't I project them into the playoffs? Yeah, Ivis, why not? Well, I could totally see them in the playoffs. But again, these are a lot of pieces that all have to work uh, together. And and, and I just feel like from a chemistry standpoint, it's tough to throw that many pieces together and have it all gel instantly. I just it's just tough. I mean, I think you can you can get one or two pieces to to kind of fit in and and help carry. But when you put that many new pieces together, I think I think it's going to be a little tough. Um, But again, I think they're an exciting team. I think their rookies are great. Uh, Kakuda Mane and Eric Hurtado, the two first round picks, they're going to be exciting to watch. And then you have Darren Maddox, who was one of the top rookies in the in the league last year. And And now that he has that first pro year under his belt. He's someone who, who could really break out this year, uh, and, and put together double, double digit goals and, and really be the leading leading force for that uh, for that attack. So, I think they're going to score their share of goals, and I think their defense is pretty good. But I, I just feel like there's just something not right there. There's something that's just puts them just short. And and again, they're right there. They're
0: right right on the doorstep. Okay. They well, can, I mean, Ivis, let's say. I mean, let's okay. Let's let's put the manager hat on you. Let's say that you, you are now the head coach. And what would you do to make this team right?
1: Well, I mean, I would keep – okay, first of all, I would keep it together. I would not start tinkering come the winter. I would take the group that I have now and give them a full season of working together and playing together. They have a good mix of veterans and youth. They have – I mean, other than Kenny Miller, who's who's a kind of a question mark still, they still have him on the roster. Sources have told me that they were trying to find a way to move him. Uh, so, that, you know, that, that hasn't been resolved yet. He's still on the team. Other than that, other than getting rid of Kenny Miller, I think they should keep the team together the way it is. You know, I feel like they have some good pieces there between Maddox. Uh, they have, they still have Camillo. Uh, there's rumblings that they would want to bring back Ch- uh, Chumiento. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how realistic that is because the guy wants a lot of money. But I still think they have a lot of great pieces there with the rookies, with Maddox. They could have one of the fastest attacks in the league. When you think about uh, Monet, Hurtado, Maddox, Camillo I mean that's I mean you're and and that's not even mentioning Omar Salgado who they, they feel I feel like honestly I feel like they're totally mismanaging uh, you know they, he's kind of become the lost the lost yeah. guy there the lost kid former number one draft pick doesn't seem to be in their plans yet they won't trade him uh, teams have lined up to trade for him and from what I hear the Whitecaps just won't make a deal they came close with Chivas and uh, for Dan Kennedy but that fell through and now he's in limbo. He's coming back from the injury. I, I'm curious to see where he goes because he's a talent. I mean, he is one of, the, one of the better young talents in MLS, and he needs to play somewhere. So if the Vancouver Whitecaps don't
0: plan on playing him, they need to trade him. But for you, this team, the outlook is time, pretty much. This team just needs more time. Is that what it is? I just think, well, you know what it is? Think
1: about last year. The, team, the Whitecaps got off to a great start. Unbelievable. Their, their defense was pitching shutouts. It all was perfect. And then they decide, you know what, All right, why don't we go, let's just, shake some, let's just shake it up. It's too easy. Let's, let's, you know, let's tinker. Let's see what we can make work. And they never should have done that. And so for me, maybe, maybe it's, it's just the idea that I don't know if I trust Martin Rennie to not want to tinker again. But has he learned his lesson? If he's learned his lesson and he looks at this roster, he should be confident in this group, getting this group together. Because I think if Rio Coker pans out, if Kobayashi turns out to be the real deal, then they're there. They're a playoff team without question. But you know, if Kobayashi turns out to not be able to handle it on this low uh, you know, in MLS, if Rio Coker, if his downward spiral into his career just keeps going down and, and and the quality's not there anymore, then you got some question marks. Then then you have a situation where they might they might fall short.
0: All right. Well, Ivis uh, clearly all those teams that we just went over you hate because they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> so uh, fans feel free to rip Ivis for that. But now let's go into the playoff teams. Uh, the first team you have making the playoffs is the Portland Timbers. Complete overhaul of that roster there. Uh, clearly, um, you're buying into it. I tell you what, man,
1: I, I am. I mean, and it's funny because you would think I would learn my lesson because I, I, I like them last year. I like their chances, you know, with the team they put together. There were questions about the defense. Uh, this year, though, I mean, Caleb Porter, he is a rookie coach. He probably will have some growing pains, but I mean, I really respect him as a coach. I'm hearing great things about what he's doing there. And the biggest thing for me, the reason I really like what, what they've done there, I mean, they they, they they pretty much looked at every key issue that Portland had and they addressed it. They needed to get rid of Chris Boyd. They figured out a way to make it happen. They needed to improve that midfield. Absolutely. That was the number one thing they had to do. And they did it. They went out and traded for Will Johnson. For me, one who a player who's been one of the most underrated players in MLS for a while, a great midfielder uh you know plugging him in and then you go get an a, a playmaker like Diego Valeri who i mean i mean he people as much as people are upset some people are upset that they didn't go get Nick Disgrace i i tell you what from everything i've seen and everything i've heard Diego Valeri is a better player he's a pure playmaker he's someone who for me is going to be in the running for 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 newcomer of the year and i think when you take him and you take Will Johnson i think they're the perfect pieces for what well, caleb porter wants to do with his possession uh high press uh, attack you know his 4-3-3 if he does stick to that uh, i really like what they put together there and uh you know they've done i feel they've done a masterful job in, in the additions that they've made you know between those guys someone like ryan miller someone like michael harrington giving them depth at the fullback spots uh, and then Donovan Ricketts, he's another one. He's a wild card. You know, you ask yourself, he, he had a rough time in Montreal before they traded him. No doubt about it. He didn't look at anything like the former goalkeeper of the year uh, when he was struggling there. But change of scenery, I think it did, it did some wonders for him. And anyone who saw him against Mexico in the qualifier, in Azteca, you saw that player. You saw that goalkeeper of the year caliber goalkeeper. And if he plays on that level, I'll tell you what, watch out. Portland will be a playoff team.
0: Well, Ivis, I think the uh, the biggest issue for Portland is going to be how they adapt to Porter system. Do you think that, I mean, you have them obviously making the playoffs, but do you see this as maybe kind of the biggest issue this team is going to face is how fast they can adapt to it because the season starts on Saturday?
1: Well, you know what, I, I think, I don't know if they're going to have trouble adapting to it because, I mean, they, I feel like they they made a point to keep the guys who could play in that system and then go get guys who could thrive in that system. I mean... I don't I don't think Portland lacked for, for, for attacking players. I mean, I think they had, you know, you talk about Sal Zizo, Khalif Al-Hassan, Danny uh, Mwanga, who really didn't, didn't get going, but who has talent. And then Darlington Nagby, who, you know, such a talented player who hasn't quite broken out. We all know about his history with Caleb Porter. He played for him at Akron. He's someone who I think perfect example of a kind of player that I think Caleb Porter will, will be looking to get the most out of. And then you talk about Ryan Johnson, a player who – you know, they, they they traded away their first round pick for, and a lot of people it turned a lot of heads. But you know what? I think he could be a perfect fit for as the lead forward in that attack. I mean, he scored a hat trick uh, in 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 their preseason tournament the other day. I mean, he he could thrive there. So I, I think with the pieces that they've added, again, they still have question marks in the defense. You know, they they're, they're center. Their center back position is, is is a work in progress, I think. They, they've got a, quite a few guys there between Hanyar Mascara, David Horst, who were the two guys last year. And then you have a second-year player, Andrew Jean-Baptiste, who, for me, has all sorts of talent. It is a little young still, maybe, but he's someone to watch out for. Uh, I think if there's a position that maybe they need to still go ahead and address and try to get one more player that's probably the position, but for me, I tell you what, I love the additions, and I think they're going to fit well in the Caleb Porter system.
0: Well, Ivis will uh, be at that game on Sunday, Portland Timbers fans, so you guys can all give him big kisses and big hugs for uh, for uh, letting him pick you guys to make his uh, playoff predictions.
1: Nah, I tell you what, if anything, they're going to hate me because they probably just assume I jinxed them since I picked <laughs>
0: them last year. I, I will totally confess, uh,
1: I was totally... I whiffed. I whiffed on Portland last year, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know anyone else that, that picked Portland last year, but I feel more confident this year in, that, in the Portland pick than I did last
0: year. Well, Ivis, the next team that you have making the playoffs is going to be Real Salt Lake finishing fourth. Uh, kind of a little bit of a question mark season with them this year, not, not the same team that they were last year. They, they brought in a couple of new, uh, new players. Robbie Finley, uh, looking for him to score goals. Maybe you expect a big season out of Luis Gil, um, and then you have some question marks. I mean, Nick Raimondo, his health and, and, and at Porchers and what his health is going to be. So, Ivis, what's the skinny on this team?
1: I'll tell you what. I, I know for a fact that they're a team that people are, are looking to write off. They're a team that if anyone is expecting a team to collapse, it's going to be them because of the trades they've made, because of the fact they broke up the nucleus of that squad that was so good for so many years. But I'll tell you what. They have players ready to step in they did trade away Humis and Alave, Fabian Espindola and Will Johnson and as much as they're going to miss Johnson and as much as they're going to miss Olave, they have players who are ready to step into those positions. I mean, for me, Chris Schuler, the center back is a player who I've been a big big fan of for a while. I think I've rated him for years now as someone, he's he's been for me the best backup center back in the league for for a few years now. Now he's going to get a chance to show what he can do. He's going to he, he's and he's going to show I tell you what, the guy has skill. He has size and strength. Uh, if anything, you know, he's had a few knocks here and there, a few injuries. But the guy can play, and as and as dominant as Olave is, Hamas and Olave is. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a real injury question mark. I mean, the guy he, he struggled to stay healthy. He was on a lot of money. Uh, Salt Lake had to deal him. And now they have a player in Schuler, a younger player and a real talented player, someone who I see having a breakout year. Will Johnson is going to be missed without a doubt. But Luis Gill is a talent. Anyone who's watched this U-20 tournament with the U.S. has seen what the kid can do. The kid is ready for primetime. He played quite a bit last year in place of Javier Morales. When Morales was injured for RSL, and he did well, uh, he didn't he didn't get to show off the attacking flash that he has to his game as much. Uh, but he, I feel like it, under Jason Kreis's tutelage, he's really developed as an all around player, and I and he's ready to step in and be a starter. And I think he's going to have a big year. Well,
0: when you talk about uh, Jason Christ when you look at him as a coach, and uh, is it kind of almost safe to say that he's a little maybe underrated, or or maybe he's overlooked as a coach? I mean, because because when you look at, him, I mean, he's he guides this team, and, and this team plays the style that it's wanted to play the last couple of years. And, and I mean, it's, the results have been there. I mean, wh- where do you put him on the rank of managers in MLS right now?
1: I wouldn't say he's underrated. I mean, I think people. I think he's a. I think he's a respected coach. I mean, obviously, for me, there's. If you want to talk about top MLS coaches, there's a, there's the current Mount Rushmore of Bruce Arena, Siggy Schmidt, and Dom Kinnear. Those three guys you can't touch. They got multiple MLS cups. They're on another level, but when you talk about the next tier of guys, the next generation of guys, I think you have Jason Christ, You have Ben Olsen, but for me, Jason Christ, because of the st- because of what he's been, he's been able to do, in implementing a real, a quality attacking style, a, a real technical approach to the game, you have to be impressed with what he's done there. And uh, you know, I think he's because of because of his leadership. I, I think his ability to coach. I think he's going to be able to tra- get this team. Uh, to, to to get through this transition and these changes and, and come out better. And, you know, another position that, that they've changed is, you know, they, they, they traded away Fabian Espindola, but they bring back Robbie Finley, you know, the leading scorer on that MLS Cup-winning RSL team of 09. He's back from Europe. And you know what? Say what you want about his national team struggles in the World Cup. Let it go, people. The
0: guy is a good goal. He's an MLS good MLS player. He's a good MLS goal scorer. I think he's going to score goals. Could Whyvis? Well, when you look at Robbie Finley, can he have an Eddie Johnson type of season?
1: I, I absolutely think so. I mean, he's someone who who had success in MLS. I think he's well suited for the league. He knows our system, so he's not going to have that t- trouble adjusting to 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 the team. He's played with 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 Javier Morales before. Uh, and Ned Grabovoy you know, he he's played under Jason Christ. He's gonna, he's gonna fit in, he's, and and playing next to Alvaro Sabarillo I think it's gonna be great for him. You know, because I, I tell you what, Sabario just, his, he's put in the goals every year he's been in the league, but he's never had a speedy option to play next to him like Finley is. I mean, no, nothing against Fabiano Spindola. But he he's he's not quite the player that the speed option that Finley is. So I think from that standpoint, I, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think if anything, it might be a slight upgrade for them. Uh, but uh, the midfield that that's that's where you wonder how they how they're going to adjust. They still have that they still have Kyle Beckerman, one of the best in the league, one of the best in the business in MLS, and they have Javier Morales. Who you know he's had his share of injury issues, but he still went healthy, one of the best in the league. So as long as you have those two. You're gonna be pretty good, and then when you throw in Luis Gill and his talent, uh, I ju- you just have to like it. The- there's questions in the back, no question. Uh, Nat Borchers, his his health, uh, because he's such a key leader for the back for them. Uh, last year wasn't necessarily one of his best years, but he still plays at such a high level that I think the Borchers Chris Schuler tandem could be could still play like one of the best in the league if when when they're both healthy. And they also have some depth there in the back. They have you know Kwame, Kwame Watson, Uh They traded for Aaron Mond, who's someone who, who they really like as a long-term prospect for them. Uh, so they have the, They still have the depth, even and even which is impressive considering the players that they traded away. They still have depth. They they have in the midfield. Well, they have depth with the rookie John Sturzer and Sebastian Velasquez and Enzo Martinez, the first-round pick who didn't play a lick last year, but is still a great talent. So I will tell you what, they've managed to trade away some expensive players. And keep and, and still find a way to have depth, and that's just a credit to what, what Garth Lagerwey and uh, Jason Christ do, and that's why for me they're one of the best combos in the league, when, from a player roster management standpoint.
0: Well, Ivis, that's Real Salt Lake. You have them finishing fourth. The thir- team that you have finishing in third place, you're not buying into that last year was a uh, overexceeding of expectations. That's San Jose. Uh, should we expect more of the same from them this year?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Repeating I'm, last year.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me let me retract that. Do you expect more of the same out of Wandelowski and maybe less from Alan Gordon and uh, Lenhart?
1: Well, I just. Well, let's talk about as a team. As a team, I mean, I, I, they're not going to suddenly go from supporter shield to out of the playoffs. That's not going to happen. They're a good team. Uh, they have quality top to bottom. But that being said, I just can't see them duplicating. All uh, the the heroics, the late game heroics that they had last year. I mean, they they took points late so many times that it was just ridiculous. I mean, it was it was. I mean, you almost it got to a point where you just could look at a game, have them losing, yeah, uh, ten minutes to go, and you're like, okay, how are they going to win this game now? And they would get it done. And it was. I mean, I had you know the the one team that comes to mind that 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 in the years past that has been that way is Man United, Manchester United. Uh, you know, in their in their strongest years. You go back a decade, I mean, they would just find a way to win. And, and you know, credit to San Jose. They have talent. They have the best goal scorer in the league, Chris Wondolowski. But I just – I don't see them getting to that high standard again. I don't see them being the Supporter Shield team, especially losing a player like Simon Dawkins. That being said, they still have those forwards. They still have the, you know, Len Hart, Gordon, Wondolowski. Those guys are still a handful. That, and, and, you know, I think they're going to be right there. For me, I don't know about title contender. I still have question marks about it just because, like I said, I don't see them being able to duplicate it to that degree. But I still think they're a good team. I think they're right there. Uh, They're going to be, for me, they're still going to be a top-three team in the West.
0: Well, Chris Wondolowski just signed a new contract. He's now uh, an official DP for the San Jose Earthquakes. Last year, Ivis was an unbelievable season for him. He tied the MLS uh, record for goals. In a season at twenty-seven, right? Yes. At twenty-seven, what what's the over/under for him? Let's let's say twenty goals. What's your over/under on that? So you're setting it at twenty. Setting it at twenty. What, do you think he can get over or do you think he can get under, Ivis? Uh, over is going to be you're, tough. You're a betting man, Ivis. Come on.
1: I am a betting man. Uh, 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 twenty. That's a good. You know what? You set a pretty good line there. Hmm. Uh, Look, at you, you're, I, you're struggling with this yeah because 20 is a good number man i mean i think 20 he can get to 20 he can definitely get to 20 i don't see 27 i don't see 25 uh i could see exactly 20 i could see 18 to 20 goals that, that's where i could see him f- uh, fitting in and um you know because again like uh, steven linhart breakout season alan gordon amazing season you know all for all three are all three of those guys going to do that again that's I, that's going to be a tough one i, I think I, I find that one to be a little tough to believe i still think one last is going to be in the golden boot conversation he's still going to be just he'll find the way to get goals he's just he's this is not a fluke he's done it for 3 years now it, it's just it is who he is he is a goal scorer so 27 goals Plus, no, I, I just sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't see it. I can't, everything came together for them, man. I mean, it was just a dream season in so many ways. Uh, I, I just don't see them duplicating that.
0: Do Do you expect the defense to maintain the, the level that they had last year?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the defense, as goes Victor Bernardes, so goes their defense. I mean, he, it was, really? without a doubt, when he's on the field, I mean, the guy's just a straight up enforcer. I mean, he he's such an imposing figure. Uh, I mean, he has the size and he has the intimidating glare. But I tell you what, the guy is skilled, man. For his size, he's very skilled on the ball. He's someone who's actually a threat out of the back. As, the, as U.S. national team fans know, he can put in a good ball, as he did on the play that eventually became uh, the, the bicycle kick that helped Honduras beat the U.S. So, you know what? Bernardes is a quality, quality player, one of the best defenders in the, in the league. So I think him and Jason Hernandez form a really good partnership, and then they, you know, even though they lost like Opara, who I think for me is still someone who, who need people need to keep an eye on, I think he will be a, a good player in MLS one day, but they, you know, they got rid of him and they went and drafted a real talented rookie, in my opinion, in Tommy Muller from Georgetown, a center back with a great promise, someone who I think they could definitely groom to replace, ultimately replace Jason Hernandez down the road, Um, but again, you know, between those two, and then the the fullbacks, I mean, San Jose's fullbacks, you know, you could argue, uh, one of the best, if not the best, fullback tandems in the league. We talk about Steven Bedard, Justin Morrow. Both were called up by Jurgen Klinsmann uh, for the January camp. So obviously they impressed, the, you know, to that degree. The thing with San Jose is, I mean, when you look at it, when you think about their defense, and people say, oh, you know, their defense is good, their defense is great, but you look at the numbers, and actually, among playoff teams, only two playoff teams gave up more goals than they did, and that was the Galaxy and the Red Bulls. So I mean they you couldn't really necessarily call their defense stingy. Uh, so that's going to be the question, you know, there's a reason that the team had to come back so many times. There's a reason their team had to put up so many goals. You know, they 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 weren't they weren't a a lockdown defense. And I think that's what you have to you have to ask yourself, you know, can that defense improve? If the defense can improve, then then there then there's a then there's that possibility of them being right there for a supportive shield repeat. But, you know, I I think maybe – I think their defense is good, not necessarily great. I think what their fullbacks do bring is that both those guys can get forward, help the attack. But, you know, when you talk about from a defending standpoint, you know, I, I don't know if they're necessarily the best in the league. But, again, Victor Bernard is key for them. As long as he is healthy and on the field, he, he takes them to a completely diff- different level. When you look at the goals, the you know, goal totals allowed – him on the field, him not on the field, is a, there's a disparity, without a doubt. And it's because he's such an imposing force.
0: And i was, let's now move on to the top two teams. The team that you have picked at second kind of had a little slow start to the season last year, but clearly, based off you picking them second here, I guess you don't think they're going to have that slow start again.
1: Uh, absolutely not. And you know what's interesting? Uh, in the MLS power rankings, the SBI power rankings that I just did on Monday, I actually had them number one. Uh, but... With Seattle on the verge of signing Obafemi Martins, I have to switch it up. I have to give the Galaxy the number two spot. Uh, and, I mean, I still think they're right there. I still think they're, they're a team that, you know, if they go get a big DP this winter, this summer, um, which, you know, the rumors are there. There's, there's been talk of Frank Lampard, Kaká, all that. Um, but even without that, the LA Galaxy still have too much quality to write them off and throw them down the well because David Beckham has gone to Paris. David Beckham was a key part of that team. He had a great season for them, but, but they still have way too much talent to, to, to have anywhere but near the top. I mean, their defense, with a healthy Omar Gonzalez from day one, there's no reason why that defense can't be, get back to being that record-setting defense of two years ago. People forget that two years ago with a healthy Omar Gonzalez, that defense was unbelievable. Uh, so then you have the back four, and then you have Carlo Cudicini. Uh, who is absolutely an upgraded goalkeeper. You know, no nothing against Josh Saunders. He won, they won two titles with Josh Saunders. He's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, he's now at Salt Lake as a backup. But Carlo Cudicini, from everything that I've heard, is, is, a, is a considerable upgrade. So right there, you know, for you, the old cliche defense was championships. They have the defense. So the question now is, is the attack going to be good enough? And you know what? As long as they have Robbie Keane, playing at the level that he played at last year, and especially in the second half of the season, they're going to be just fine. Because i tell you what, he, for me, was the best player in the league in the second half of the season last year. When you talk about from when he returned to Euros all the way to the MLS Cup final, nobody was better, period. So if he can play anywhere at anywhere near that level for a full season, uh, he Golden Boot is his, MVP is his. I mean, he's that good. So... As much as he's going to miss Beckham, uh, no question he'll miss Beckham. I, I still think he's going to be a tough player to stop.
0: Well, Ivis, when you look at the Galaxy, though, and, and you talk about their attacking, word is coming out that Mike McGee is now injured. Landon Donovan's not going to be back till the end of March. And this team has some big games coming up here in CONCACAF play in that, knock, in that uh, knockout stage, that opening round right there. Is this going to deter this team from from advancing farther with, with injuries to McGee and to Donovan? Is this team going to have to rely on Keane way too much at the start of the season?
1: Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know if the Mike McGee injury is is, is anything worth discussing. Uh, I, I think he's fine. I think he had a knock. Uh, they're, they're being cautious with him. Um, he's going to be there. I think he'll be there for the opening match. Uh, Landon Dyer, obviously, that's the big question mark. They're not going to have him for the first month of the season. That's a, you know, that's a big loss. You just can't, you know, he he's such a key to their attack and everything they do. But, again, we're talking one month out of the season. I think L.A. has enough quality when you talk about Mike McGee and Juninho and Jose Villarreal, who, you know, Yes. <laughs> anyone who's watched the U-20s, I mean, he's you could argue he's been their best player. He's been the best player in the U.S. Look, under-20 look team. But great on the, the right Daniel side Danny Cuevas, no, nothing against Danny Cuevas. He's been great, too but Villarreal has been outstanding. So when you talk about those guys in midfield and well, Janinho McGee and Michael Stevens, don't forget about Michael Stevens. who's put his time in there. He's put his years in there. The, the UCLA product. I think he's, he's another one who, who could absolutely sneak up on people. So they'll be fine. I think, I think they can get by that first month without Landon Donovan. I think they can get out of that quarterfinal in the champions league against I'm pretty sure they play Herediano in the quarterfinals. I think they can manage that. Um, but beyond that, could they could they manage without Landon for a season? Absolutely not. But it sounds like he's coming back. Uh, it, I tell you what, the, the funniest thing today was uh, Omar Gonzalez
0: oh putting God, out a saw tweet,
1: that. <laughs> putting out the classic tweet of the day. Uh, you know, yeah. basically help us find Landon. Have you seen him? And and, and it was an Instagram photo of, of of a bulletin board with pictures of Landon Donovan. You know, have you seen him? So I mean, I, I think for me. I know. I know. Some people took it as, oh, that's an insult. The te- his teammates are upset with him. I absolutely didn't see that. Like I, people, I thought pe- some people read way too much into that. I think, if anything, the fact that Omar Gonzalez was able to joke about that, and 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 do something like that tells me that things are fine. Uh, from what I from what I know, Omar Gonzalez is is pretty close with Landon Donovan. They're pretty cool. Uh, so. I think that shows that you know there's no problems with Landon Donovan in the Galaxy. I think his teammates are, are, will love having him back. They'll they'll welcome him with open arms. And I tell you what, that I, I think for me that's a really positive sign that that things are just fine in LA.
0: Well, okay, real quick, when you talk about that Gonzalez thing, he also put a number on there. I called that number, and it, the LA Galaxy. Someone from the LA Galaxy did pick up. <laughs> what, did the, what, what did they say? What I don't know. Answer? I was so nervous, I hung up. It, I was oh. like a 16 year old girl. Jeez. Like I, I was, I was, I was standing next to John Arnold, and I was like, "I'm gonna call that number." And I called the number, and someone goes, "L.A. Galaxy," and I froze and I hung up.
1: Oh, like, uh, you should. You know what? You gotta. I gotta get that number. I'm gonna call and say, "Yes, I have found Landon Donovan," and see what they say. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> Actually, sure that- no one's gonna find him because I think he's in Cambodia right now. So I know. I mean, you know, I'm
0: jealous, dude. I was in Cambodia last year. Cambodia is a great country.
1: Oh, so you, okay. So now it's apparently the place to go. I
0: didn't know that. It's it's an awesome country. I mean, anchor-wide, I could go on for days talking about it, but no one wants to hear about my trip. All right, Ivis, now is the moment of truth. If you were not keeping score at home, I will read you the list. This is the official SBI podcast list of how the MLS teams are going to finish going into the season. Clearly the teams don't have to play, but, I mean, they're going to play anyways, but I don't think they should. But here's the list. Chivas USA in dead last, followed by FC Dallas, Colorado, Vancouver, Portland, Real Salt Lake, San Jose, and Galaxy. And that leaves one team left, the Seattle Sounders. Ivis, how big of a year can they have this season?
1: Uh, I I don't think it's a stretch to say that this could end up being the best team they've ever had, the best team the Sounders have ever had. And, you know, I think the fact that they got over the hump last year and won their first playoff series was a major step for them. And as much as it will be it'll be difficult and different for them to be without Freddie Montero, I think it was time to move on from Freddie Montero after all these years of playoff disappointments with him and him just not producing in the postseason. I think, LA, I think Seattle just finally came to that conclusion that, you know what, they got to try something different, so they've done that now. They they've got they they've loaned him out. He's not coming back. From all I understand, from everything that I've heard, they you know the plan is they've loaned him out, and, and they, the plan is absolutely to sell him after that. They're not going to bring him back. Um, but I mean, when you look at the attacking riches that they have, I mean Eddie Johnson. I mean he think about that. I mean that that had to be the signing uh, that along with Boni Garcia and Houston and Higuain, and 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 Columbus. I mean. Eddie Johnson was just unbelievable last year. And, and there's no reason to think he can't be as good, if not better. Uh, and now he'll be the focal point of the attack. And and when you look at that midfield and all the pieces they have there, Mauro Rosales, Steve Zakawani with more time now to get closer to his old yes. form. Mario Martinez, the Honduran midfielder. And, and again, I hate to keep bringing it up, but anyone who watched the U.S. lose to Honduras saw Mario Martinez, and he was the best player on the field Maybe Oscar Bonia Garcia was 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 as good or a little better, but there was no doubting Mario Martinez was one of the best players on the field that day. I think he's going to have a breakout year. You have Brad Evans, who's, who's a great pro, uh, gives you everything. And then you have Osvaldo Alonso, arguably the best defensive midfielder in the league. And then Shauri Joseph. They went and traded for Shalry Joseph. They absolutely fleeced Chivas USA. They managed to ba- they they basically said, "Hey Chivas, you want to give you you want to trade us Shalry Joseph? Okay, give us him and everything else that you have." And and Chivas said, "Okay, we'll do it. Great." And and now they have Shalry Joseph. And let me tell you what I've heard this now for a week. People saying, "Have you seen Shalry Joseph the last two years? He's terrible. He's no good. He's got nothing left." You know what? Anyone who has followed the league for a while now, if you've really followed the league for years, you know that a player having a bad year, especially an all-time great player, having a bad year does not necessarily mean that player's washed up. I'll give you a perfect example. Jaime Moreno. When Jaime Moreno went to the New York Metro Stars, he was awful. He had one goal. It looked like he was done. It looked like he might retire. He was terrible. He had some back issues. And and everyone who was the coach of the New York Metro Stars at the time, and said, hey, coach, can you trade me back to D.C. United? I, I think I want to close out my career there. Bob Bradley made the deal. Jaime Moreno goes to D.C. United. Everyone thinks he's washed up. What does he do? It leads into to an MLS Cup title, and he should have been MVP that year. That's all that. That's what he did. And I tell you what, no one had that happening. And, and, and this is MLS. It happens. Eddie Johnson. How many people thought Eddie Johnson uh, – Seattle trading for Eddie Johnson was a bad, a bad bad, trade. I can absolutely tell. I wish, I wish I would have kept a list of all the people who ripped that trade. Lamar Nagel and Mike Fusito. What in the world is Seattle doing trading for Eddie Johnson? He hasn't done anything in years. And guess what? The guy was unbelievable last year. So all the people writing off Shari Joseph. Listen, is he the Shari Joseph who was an MVP caliber player for New England? No. Age is a factor. He's not as good as he used to be. But... Can he be, can he help them win a title? Can he be a positive force on that team and an influence on that team? Absolutely. And and that's what people need to realize. You know, when you talk about a great player like Shauri Joseph, and if you do, a, if you were to do a best 11, MLS all time best 11, he's on it. He can absolutely be on it just for the years that he played at a high level. When you think about the fact that he doesn't have to be the man on this team, he can be a role player on this team. You have Osvaldo Alonso there to be your force in the middle. He can kind of be that secondary player now that he's never had that luxury to be. He can absolutely thrive in that role. And when you talk about Siggy Schmidt, Siggy Schmidt will not have put, wasted a designated player spot on a player like Shalvi Joseph if he didn't think he could bring it. And that's why for me, I have absolutely no doubt that Shalvi Joseph is going to turn it around, put in a big year, and who knows, maybe he wins an MLS Cup title and walks away.
0: Well, I guess when you talk about a player having a big year, let's look at Steve Zakawani here. A couple years ago, he was one of the most dangerous wingman players, had a horrific injury, but now it looks like he's back. How big of a season can he have? Well, I
1: mean, the, between all those guys, it's going to be interesting to see how Siggy Schmidt fits those guys all on the field because you have Zagawani, Mart, Mario Martinez, Mauro Rosales, Brad Evans. I mean, you might have to play Brad Evans at right back just to get him on the field, uh, just because you want you need Brad Evans on the field somewhere because he's just he's just a quality player. But if you Arizona, have Steve that's, an, that's another being Arizona his boy. old self, his pre broken leg self, across from Mario Martinez. I mean, I'll tell you what, who's gonna want to face those two? Speeding down the wings, sent serving balls into Eddie Johnson. Uh, It's scary to think about. And that's why for me, I I, I have to put them number one, especially when you think about the fact that Seattle is planning to spend the money to get a DP caliber forward. To join Eddie Johnson, and and obviously the big rumor out there now is Obafemi Martins. They're closing the deal on Obafemi Martins. I feel like every hour I'm getting a new, new tweet update from somebody reporting some minor aspect of a of progress being made. It's think, like my my now it's become the OJ White Bronco chase of of transfer moves now because you keep getting these updates every now and then. It's it's moving along. He's here. He's there. If they get Obafemi Martins, Seattle is absolutely, for me, the favorite to win at all because Eddie Johnson and Obafemi Martins together in front of that
0: midfield, forget about it. it I'm telling you, no one's stopping them. And there it is. That is the SBI podcast season preview for the Western Conference. We made it, Ivis.
1: Yeah, there's a you know it's scary, but it's, it, it, I didn't realize the show ended up being so long now. Now I'm wondering what the East is going to be like. They haven't. they They have one more team, so I mean, oh yeah, it could be an all-time record-long show. Oh yeah,
0: I can't wait to start that show so you can you know develop your East Coast bias. Just just can't wait for that.
1: <laughs> oh man, I love it. Everyone thinks that you know. I, I hear it all the time. I mean, the East Coast bias. I don't watch the West. It exists.
0: Already... It exists. <laughs>
1: it is. That's crap. No. I've just picked Are you Seattle kidding? to win it all. I've just picked Seattle and LA to run away with everything. And, and, and uh, come on,
0: <laughs> it exists, man. You're crazy. It exists. Uh, I don't buy it. That's because you're out there, man. You you don't know what it's like out here on the West Coast. Everyone hates on us.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. There's that complex that and that inferiority complex that some people have, and they jump. They always jump right to the whole East Coast bias thing. Listen, man. I make it. I make as much of a point as possible to watch all these games. We watch every we can watch every game in the league. I mean, we can watch it on our phones, we can watch it on our computers, we can watch it on MLS Direct Kick on our TVs. So, the, this whole idea of 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 us not watching, you know, the people those of us who cover the league closely, I've been doing it for 15, 16 years now covering the league. Like 10 years ago, did I spend a lot of time watching the Western Conference? No, absolutely not. I hardly watched any. But you know what? Nowadays, when you can see every game, why wouldn't you if it's your if it's if it's what you do why wouldn't you do it and i'll tell you what as good as some of these teams are at west and as fun as some of these teams are to watch why wouldn't you want to watch them i mean i i, I tell you what last year san jose with the run they went on i mean the the, the last 10 minutes of every one of their games was must see tv because you knew they were going to come back you knew steven Lenhart was going to do something crazy had a ball and chris wandloss was going to score in 93rd minute you know what i mean like it was just going to happen so i mean for me that's why I, I I can't wait to watch these teams out west. I mean, from Seattle, LA, Portland. I I, I want to see what Caleb Porter does with that with that group. I, you know what? If anything, you I I'm gonna argue I have a West Coast bias.
0: You better. I don't
1: know. I don't know about that. You I live be- you here. Better I have, I have a to, West Coast bias. might have to take bias. that back. Living in New York, I don't know if I can have a West Coast bias. You
0: better have a West Coast bias. Well, well, I mean, I'm in Arizona, so I really can't say I'm that West Coast.
1: Yeah, you don't even have a team there, so you can't really have. That's, any kind not of that's
0: not true. That's not true, Ivis. We have a USL Pro team that is starting on March 26. I am very excited for it.
1: Oh man, did you just plug? I, I think you're on that team. I think you might be the backup uh, goalkeeper on that team.
0: I, I no no no. Actually, we have a really good goalkeeper, Andrew Weber, former Seattle Sounders goalkeeper from last year, is our starting goalkeeper, Phoenix FC. He
1: is pretty good. Former San Jose Earthquake.
0: He is a very good goalkeeper, and we have also a couple of other. MLS fringe player, MLS fringe players. It's gonna be a good season for us.
1: When okay, here's my, when did this become the USL Pro Western Conference? No,
0: it's not. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. I'm just saying.
1: Cali, are we gonna Cali Blues? <laughs> Blues? Nah. about them too. No, no, we're not going
0: to. Well, Ivis, this was the Western Conference preview for the uh, SBI podcast. We'll be back again later this week. We'll do an Eastern. Conference preview, as we said. Uh, Ivis, any final thoughts as we close up the show?
1: Well, you know, obviously this has been an MLS-dominated show, but I'd say it's it's a great day for American soccer when you think about the U-20 team qualifying for the World Cup and Stuart Holden coming back and playing for the first time in two years. And I mean, when you talk about one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, uh, it, it, one of the nicest players you'll ever deal with, uh, you know it, it it goes beyond the whole idea of him being an important member in the us national team pool. Uh, it, everything he's been through you, you can't help root for him root for him to get back and and just you know he's been through so much, but it's a positive step and and I just hope people are patient with it. And, and one thing we didn't even talk about was Clint Dempsey who is injured but relaxed people. It's only a minor cash drain. It's one to two weeks. And as I wrote today on SBI, it might actually be a positive, a blessing in disguise that he's going to get some rest now before the March qualifiers. He's going to get a couple of weeks off, which, he, you know, when you look at the schedule that he's played, I saw a stretch of six games in 19 days that he played, uh, including the Honduras game. He needs a break. Uh especially if you want him at his best for the March qualifiers. So don't go crazy. Don't go into full panic mode because Clint Dempsey didn't dress in the in the Tottenham game against West Ham. He's got a minor injury. He'll be back. Knock on wood. He'll be in uniform in Denver. He'll be in uniform in Azteca. Don't go crazy just yet.
0: Well, Ivis that's very reassuring news that Dempsey's gonna be back because you know, these next two games for the US men's national team are both not they don't need to win both of them, but they but they really, really almost need to win, or at least win and draw some type of setup between those two. Well, they, need rap- the coach,
1: the, they need to win the yes. to the game. I know it's only the second game. It's a, it, it's. I hate to say it. I know people hate to say it because it's the second game. They have, They need to win that game in, uh, in Denver. And it's great to hear that it's a sold out game.
0: Yes, and that, that is yes, very good news. Well, that wraps it up for the SBI podcast. We'll be back again later this week previewing the Eastern Conference. I am Garrett Cleverly. That is Ivis Gallarza. This is the SBI podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey.